What's going on, my fellow A-plusers? Welcome back to a brand new episode of A-plus Opinions, your home for your nerd pop culture news and reviews. As always, it is I, your host, Adam Perez. We are, in fact, back with a brand new episode for you guys today as we're going to be getting into some Titans Season 2 review for you guys today uh, as we're going to be breaking down pretty much our thoughts overall of the entire season uh, for some of our ups and downs and really a preview going into Season 3 as to maybe some of our expectations, some things that we certainly would like to see going forward uh, for the upcoming season of Titans guys so thank you each and every one of you for certainly joining me today listen I had a fantastic time reviewing all of season two with you guys um you know, look I, I I can't lie I certainly did miss having uh Indy alongside with me here for our Titans reviews uh, we did for the most part do season one together as far as um our reviews go for Titans uh, we tried to do a little bit of a collaboration there but our schedule just got a little bit too difficult to try and um, keep it all together for like Friday or Saturday review so that's one of the reasons why I decided to kind of do season two solo uh, this time around so definitely felt a little bit odd doing it without Indy but um, needless to say we certainly pushed through um, to what I still consider a really uh, fantastic season I, I definitely enjoyed myself when it came to this season but let's also take into account that there are certainly pros and cons to certainly every season despite how we certainly feel about a, a particular season um, and we're here to certainly go ahead and break that down for you guys and hopefully you guys have certainly joined me today um, let me go ahead and jump into the live chat real quick see what some of you guys are saying see who, who's in the house already uh toby toby's on a rant already um definitely getting their thoughts out for sure so toby thank you very much for certainly popping in here today um zachary shiloh coming through as always so thank you very much guys uh for certainly popping in here maybe we'll get some stragglers uh that kind of come in from time to time uh throughout this particular review guys so hey if anybody fresh comes in a new fa a new face certainly go ahead and give them a nice little warm welcome while we go ahead and break this down um, but before we get into our Titans review, just a little bit of thing of business as always. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do so. Hit that subscribe button and that bell notification so when we do drop brand new videos, guys, you will certainly be notified. Um, also, if you want to go ahead and check out uh, us on social media, you can certainly do so uh, right here at A Plus Opinions, guys. Uh, we're going to be on Instagram, Facebook, along with Twitter as well. And of course, if you're in the live stream joining us or even after we've streamed this and you're watching us after, if you love the content, we continue to provide do us a favor hit that thumbs up button guys give us a like um so let's get into it man um titans season two let me try and get my some of my thoughts here together i did write down some notes uh, i'm gonna try and ad lib this just a little bit here as well because uh, just kind of seeing where the flow of the discussion kind of takes us today so let's let's look at season one and season two um Season one was certainly a mixed bag for plenty of people. Uh, I could definitely understand maybe why some people might have fallen off after season one. Um, but I certainly enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid season uh, for its premiere episode, especially for its premiere on DC Universe. Definitely kept me around and certainly coming back for season two, nonetheless. Um, and I got to say, I do feel like season two certainly took a step forward in regards to um, the storytelling that it certainly wanted to, really establishing a lot of our characters uh, really quickly sort of thing. It just felt very much like a breath of fresh air when we started off 
this season of Titans. I, I was super thrilled about what we got. You know, looking at the playlist of the videos that I have done for Titans for this season, it's for me at least, it's not really until episode like nine or ten. Um, where it really kind of starts falling off a little bit for me, unfortunately. Um, but overall, I thought that they did a really fantastic job of at least upping the ante from what we got from season one to season two. They feel significantly different to me, honestly. It feels like season two, we, we have a group of writers and creators who, for the most part, have an idea of what they want to accomplish but also taking some maybe advice from what happened into season one, things that maybe didn't necessarily work very well, um, and in, did a, a decent job in trying to improve upon those things in season two. And at least that's how I felt for majority of this season, especially early on in here. So let's talk about some of the good things that I definitely enjoyed uh, about this about this season, specifically just some of the brand new additions that we wind up getting in here look I, one of the main focuses going into season two that i think we all knew we were going to be getting was deathstroke um isay morales um who plays slade wilson in here as deathstroke you know i i grew i i grew up on some manu Bennett from arrow uh i you know it was always one of those things where i when i saw manu Bennett and arrow a part of me said there's nobody that can play deathstroke like manu Bennett. i mean he is as close to deathstroke as we will ever get i mean the guy is amazing amazing but then comes isay morales <laughs> who i'm not going to sit here and say like man he he just destroys manu Bennett at, at all but I do feel as though for a character like Slade Wilson, like Deathstroke, I mean, you want to talk about creating a lineage of fantastic actors that have played this one particular role. I mean, goodness, uh, Manu Bennett and Issei Morales both have done this character just some amazing talent. To, uh, they've been able to get such amazing talent to go ahead and play these characters um, and they're doing the Deathstroke character um, amazingly well. Definitely fantastic service for sure. So uh, Issei Morales, I, I was really impressed with this season. I truly was. Um, I don't really like to compare him and Manu Bennett just because they're both so incredibly good at this one particular role that for me, it's 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 very easy for me to just be like, that's one Deathstroke and this is another Deathstroke and be able to accept them perfectly well. It's not a an either or sort of situation for myself. You know what I mean? And I think Issei Morales really brought it. Um, some fantastic moments of him getting the opportunity to show himself not only just as the assassin, but also as a father figure, right? Some of the fantastic sort of flashbacks that we've got to see, um, the character and relationship building between uh, him and his kids, him and his ex-wife his ex and things like that. I think he just did a marvelous job in being able to portray this very stoic character who has a lot of focus pretty much on what he certainly wants to accomplish for himself. Um, uh, and it's just as as hardcore as they certainly come and, and not the best father. Right. This guy's not going to be winning any sort of uh, dad of the year awards anytime soon. No dad ribbons for this guy. But uh, Issa Morales just knocked this out of the park to the point to where it's almost a shame that the story kind of started falling around them 
towards the later half of the season because I felt like they had a really great stride and pace that they were going and telling this Deathstroke story. But then they start introducing other elements and other aspects into this season. And it really kind of takes away from the Issei Morales character to where he's a, a very prominent figure for uh, the first half of this series. Uh, and then next thing you know, he's just kind of thrown in there every once in a while, um, all the way up into sort of the finale. So I don't think that they necessarily did the uh, Issei Morales certainly any favor. Um, because I honestly would have loved to have seen this guy showcased even more honestly throughout this season if that was if that's even possible or capable or them being capable of doing so I would have loved to have seen Issa Morales because he is one of the characters that definitely stole the show for me here for this season um, Issa Morales' Deathstroke certainly stood out uh, other standout performances definitely has to go to um, Brenton Twaits who played Dick Grayson uh, I love his rendition of that character and just the emotional and mental struggle that he certainly had to go through from season one all the way to season two to becoming Nightwing. Uh, I think those two really stood out for me this particular season. Uh, even uh, Rachel, to a certain extent, was pretty great. Um, and Jericho was also a really great sort of standout to me as well. Um, and of course, the next gentleman that I'm going to talk about here Ian Glenn, who played Bruce Wayne. Now, listen, I, I he is one of my pros this season. I know a lot of people may not necessarily know how they felt about the idea of Ian Glenn, either as Bruce Wayne or as Batman. But honestly, if I could be honest with you, uh, I, I, I loved it. I, I really did love his rendition, to be quite honest. Um, it does have a flair of like an older Adam West version Batman or maybe a, a more serious kind of take on that character. Um, I, I love the fact that while we we do see Bruce Wayne to a certain extent throughout this series. Some of it is actual physical, uh, him actually being in there sort of thing, being in the scene, whereas other times it's very much sort of the consciousness of Dick Grayson portraying the Bruce Wayne character and how he certainly knows him. So we get to see Ian Glenn as Bruce Wayne a little bit throughout here. So I can understand some people's issues with the character, I can. Trust me, when I saw it, immediately I was like, I don't know how other people are going to feel about it. But me giving Ian Glenn the chance certainly came across to me as a fantastic sort of Bruce Wayne. Um, getting the opportunity also to kind of see him... Um, fighting alongside sort of fighting against Dick Grayson briefly because one of my biggest things when it came to Ian Glenn as Bruce Wayne was I can definitely see him as a Bruce Wayne he carries himself so incredibly well as a Bruce Wayne as this flamboyant playboy billionaire sort of thing right you know clearly educated knows you know has some charisma knows how to you know a little witty sort of thing right like I I enjoy his version of Bruce Wayne but if the, the one thing that I was worried about was I don't know if I can picture this guy as Batman like I truly don't know if I can do that but once I saw the episode of him fighting against Dick Grayson and granted some of those shots are in fact stunt doubles I'm sure but the fact that Ian Glenn is in some fighting scenes uh, count me in uh, immediately try immediately um, embracing the idea of him being Batman and I think Zachary uh, Zachary says um, I finished the After Buzz TV review they made me laughing the panel thought that the actor of Bruce Wayne should have been Alfred I always saw him as Adam West meets Kevin Conroy uh, you, the, you bringing up Kevin Conroy also brings a fantastic addition like a point that I want to make is the fact that 
you know, Kevin Conroy is going to be in Crisis on Infinite Earths here as an older Batman, right? Some people automatically assume he's going to be like a Kingdom Come version of Batman sort of thing. And so if I can picture Kevin Conroy in a Batman suit as Kingdom Come, it's hard for me to not be able to picture Ian Glenn as a Bruce Wayne as Batman sort of thing. So, I, I you know, over the series, I really started to kind of embrace Ian Glenn as Batman um, just as much as I certainly did when it came to um just as much as I did when it came to uh, the Bruce Wayne character. So I, I'm really excited to kind of see what they do going forward for season three in regards to it. So Issa Morales, easily a standout, fantastic addition this season. Um, Ian Glenn, another fantastic decision um, to have him included in this series. He's just an, a marvelous talent, honestly. Um, and then I also want to talk about the kids. The kids of Deathstroke with Jericho along with Ravenger in here. Uh, I love the way that Jericho was certainly utilized in here. I love the flashback sequences, getting his story told in here. Uh, I believe that might have been episode 8 that was titled Jericho. I'll have to bring up my playlist again. Um... And I didn't even mind the idea and the addition of Ravenger. I thought she was a really great addition to the team as well. My biggest concern, though, with, was Ravenger was the utilization of giving her traitorous ways more meaning and more depth um, to this show that I think was certainly missing out. Because while, yes, she was a traitor to the, the team, the only person that really felt that traitorous ways was Jason Todd, who immediately got emotionally connected to her, uh, was, you know, had big plans for them clearly, right, opened up to her sort of thing. That's really where we see her traitorous ways having an effect on somebody. But for the most part, the remainder of this season, even when she did come back, even Dick Grayson found out that she was a traitor and they were just like, oh, damn, she got us. You know, like it wasn't anything monumental to where by the end of the season she's fighting alongside our titans so i felt like the execution um for her character certainly could have been handled better but the actress the performances and things like that i really enjoyed what jericho um and ravager wind up really bringing to this particular series um you know look there are a couple of additions in here that were added to the series that i certainly enjoyed as well um joshua i can't remember his last name but the gentleman that plays connor kent fantastic addition to the episode to the season um probably one of my easily probably within my top three episodes of this season is his episode but again, it is one of those things where it's like I almost could have done without having him for the remainder of the season because then it winds up creating another plot and storyline that you got to focus on that's going to take you away from the Connor, excuse me, from the Deathstroke sort of storyline. Um, so I would have been okay if that maybe would have been moved aside a little bit. But regardless, I love the addition of Connor Kent in regards to what Joshua and the performance and what he was certainly able to do. Uh, Toby, real quick, says, and let's get to Aqualad's storyline. Okay, first, Aqualad is half Atlantean. Uh, why did he die by a normal human bullet? He's supposed to be bulletproof to human weapons. Um I get why we needed that storyline, but he wasn't supposed to die like that, just like Donna. Yeah, I was just about to say, well, that's the same thing when it comes to Donna, right? It's hard for me to imagine that some electrocution uh, is going to kill somebody that's uh, Amazonian or at least half Amazon. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure she's Amazonian. It's just it's just hard for me to fathom that. If anything, 
my my uh, my thing when it comes to Aqua Lab would simply be that I think if Deathstroke is coming out for you, he probably has some sort of type of bullet that will certainly pierce his heart now let's also remember here that if we take into account listen according to the story though right like aqualad wasn't even the um the target which was weird to me which i called bs on honestly when i saw that moment when she was when the lady was like the the curator of the museum was like hey um they were actually out to kill me and aqua lad stepped in front of the bullet no 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 you retcon that like you you the, the way that the shot was shot was literally aqua lad turns around boom bullet right it's not aqua lad turns around jumps in front of the bullet and boom sort of no 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 that that was the, the terrible terrible writing honestly um, if that's the case, if she is trying to take, if he was trying to take down the curator, then yeah, maybe the idea of the human bullet certainly should have bounced off of Aqualad, honestly. Um, uh, but I just feel like when it comes to Deathstroke, he's probably a little bit more prepared than just your average assassin. So I I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that that just wasn't a normal human bullet, um, because it is, it is Deathstroke and he is one of the best assassins in the entire world. And if he wants to take somebody out, whatever he was going to use for that curator, uh, who I'm assuming also was Amazonian to a certain extent, it probably was enough to maybe go ahead and take down Aqualad if anybody stepped in his, in, in his way also. So I'll give Deathstroke a break. But the whole way that they orchestrated that storyline at that towards the end of the season when it was revealed, not the biggest fan of it. But... I did like the Aqualad storyline to a certain extent in which it at least helps us understand the personal aspect of what this series was able to really provide. And that was another aspect of the show that I really enjoyed um, was, was some of the storytelling. Now, yes, the storytelling does kind of fall off as you go throughout this season. But the pros, I put great storytelling and very personal with some great growth to a few of our brand new characters and some of the characters that we've kind of already been established with. There's something very personal that I love about the idea of Deathstroke killed one of their own and now they're trying to make it even more personal and get information by going to Jericho, trying to find his father, using this this very vulnerable kid to get close to this this villain of theirs. So for me, it was fun getting the opportunity to see our our heroes take things a little bit more personally um, and go down a path that was very dark, even for them to say the least, um, but one that was certainly understandable considering just all the pain that they're certainly going through and certainly experiencing. Right. I mean, this series really is about the failings of the first Titans and really them trying to overcome a lot of their past sins because of all this personal beef that they've had uh, with the Deathstroke character. And for me, that was just a such a fascinating and such an incredible storyline that unfortunately just got bogged down by countless other additions to characters and other people's storylines that by the end of the season while it started off great the end of the season unfortunately just uh it, it kind of went off tracks a little bit and really just did not do 
the storyline for Deathstroke along with the the kids and the personal matters, it just didn't do it full justice that it definitely deserved, uh, unfortunately. But um, so yeah, some of the some of the pros, uh, some of the great additions that we wind up getting, uh, fantastic storytelling, especially when it comes to the very personal aspect of things, taking our characters and allowing them to grow, learning about their past a little bit, letting them sort of redeem themselves as well. Uh, all fantastic stuff here for sure. Let's talk about some of the things, though, that jumped out at me that I was not the biggest fan of. Um, too much in one season, guys. Too much in one season. And it, it, it what's startling to me, though, what's startling to me is that we even expanded the episodes this season, guys. Right? Like, we had, what, 10 episodes last year? We even expanded it to 13 episodes this year. And they still couldn't properly wrap up all the storylines that they had. I want to read something to you guys here from the showrunner of Titans. Uh, this is from Greg Walker. Um, earlier in this year, like in uh, beginning of September, uh, I believe it's IO9 wind up ha sitting down and doing an interview with Greg Walker. And one of the issues or one of the things that they talked about that was really brought up was the idea of there being too many characters. This is this is what the interviewer asks Greg Walker, the showrunner of Titans this year. He says, IO9 says, with Hawk and Dove and Donna hanging around and Superboy and Aqualad about to make their debuts, Titans is becoming large in terms of its scale and uh, cast and scale, you know? You guys have still got Trigon in the mix, but hey, now that Deathstrokes and his kids are popping up, there's still all this business with Starfire being an amnesic alien. That's 10 characters I've been, I've named in a matter of like one paragraph. And then Walker says, yeah, it's practically, it's it's like a clown car. So the interviewer says, it is though. With all that in mind, how do you go about balancing just the sheer scope of everything? How do you keep all these plates spinning? And this is what Walker, Greg Walker says, the showrunner really dealing with the idea of it being so many people in this season already. Walker says laughing, you know, with abject terror every day. So clearly this guy was freaking out already. He says there are so many characters, and at one point we actually had a board with everyone's headshots in the writer's rooms just to help us keep things straight. The fact that you are in the writer's room and you've got all these characters so you can keep your storyline straight, that's already a concern. He says, one day I looked at how many people we had and asked myself, what have we done? I thought that maybe, just maybe, we're doing too much. It was a challenge. But in the end, I really liked it because we've got such a talented cast that makes you want to give them all a chance to shine. I wanted to tell a story that's centered on family and explores how hard it is to keep a family from falling apart when it's been pushed to its limits. Now listen, that last half of it, that they wanted to really find a story that centers on a family and explores how hard it is to keep a family from falling apart when it's been pushed to its limits, they did that. They did that. I mean, you want to talk about as dysfunctional of a family as the Titans have been over the past two seasons? They did that. It's extremely hard to keep this particular family together, especially when they have been pushed to their limits because of all the personal issues that a lot of the older guard of the Titans certainly had to explore and really redeem themselves from, right? So very hard to keep that family apart. I mean, goodness, this is the first time, the finale is the first time we've actually seen ourselves with an actual core of Titan characters. 
right? That we've actually had our team after that. So they certainly did their job of at least showcasing that it is easy for families to fall apart and when they're pushed their limits and really trying to get them together. So if that was their focus, that's great. But what concerns me, all right, we've already got one concern that's been pointed out in here. The fact that he had to ask himself, what have we done? I thought that maybe we're doing too much. It's because you are. It's because you are. Um, I think the fact that if you have to ask yourself that, what have we done? And you've had to keep all these headshots to keep your story straight. I think that's got to be a concern as to where you're going with your storyline. And I listen, I get it, right? He says, we got such a talented cast that makes you want to give them all a chance to shine. I get it. But when you've got 13 episodes, this isn't a participation trophy award time, my friend, right? Like this isn't a chance to be like, hey, you're such a good actor. You, you, you do such a good job. We want you in this. No, no. Like, it's okay to hold off on some things so that you do have a third season, that you do have more that you can kind of explore. There are a lot of aspects of this season that I didn't even need need in here. Um, like, for instance, Hawk and Dove, right? I, I, their trials and their tribulations, I really could care less about. The fact that Hawk breaks up with Dove over some stupid idea of maybe us together just brings a bunch of turmoil and, and bad things that happen everywhere we go. So I'm going to break up with you because maybe good things are ha going to happen. But then next thing I know, I'm going to be shooting up drugs uh, when I'm solo. So clearly, Hank, that's the dumbest freaking thing I've heard in my life. If anything, Dawn is the one that's keeping you on the bright side of things, my friend. So like that whole Hawk and Dove stuff... Didn't need it. Get it out of there. Wasted, wasted time on screen. Honestly, um, Connor Kent again, wasted time on screen. I would have been cool if they maybe even gave us the Connor Kent episode and then left it at that. Let Connor Kent go off on his way, and we don't see him again until episode number three. Don't even have him included in this this season, right? Because honestly, while I love the episode, the predicament of the situation of I'm just happened to walk along the streets of San Francisco and I just happened to be there perfect timing for Jason Todd to fall off a building for me to happen to be there perfect timing to catch him and save his life sort of thing like what like I tell me Connor's story get me invested and have him go off on his own journey with crypto and he doesn't pop back up into season three I would have been okay with the one episode and then we didn't have to worry about Connor Kent going forward. Gar, poor Gar, goodness gracious, right? You want to give him a storyline too this year? Why? If you're going to give him a storyline this year, make him actual part of the team. Have him continue to um, be the cheerleader of Titans in some capacity. Have him working closer or leaving the Titans along with Rachel or something along those lines, right? But the fact that you give Gar the one job to look after Connor Kent, Connor goes AWOL, Gar just runs and books it. What type of hero is that? Like, it's just, you, you didn't need it. The Gar storyline didn't even need to be in there. You could have coupled him with somebody else uh, and, and made more time for the Deathstroke um, storyline if you certainly wanted to it just became too much it became too much the introduction to Cadmus having Cadmus become all of a sudden the big villain on top of Deathstroke is Deathstroke not enough like is Deathstroke not enough like if you wanted to use an organization use Hive 
right? That's where he's coming from. Why not use Hive and other mercenaries or something like that to help out the Titans, you know, to, to, to help out Deathstroke and make things grander? We don't need necessarily Cadmus to play such a significant role because now only thing that Cadmus has done, if you ask me, is set the Gar character back another season. Because he's already was having struggle establishing the idea of his own identity and getting away from the concept of killing people. Now we give him a storyline where he kills more people and makes Gar feel even more shitty about himself. Like it. And what's crazy, what's crazy, guys, is that none of this was an issue for this series until the second half. Until the second half. Let me see if I can bring up my playlist. I'm going to bring up my playlist real quick, and then maybe we can actually, like, break down and see exactly playlists. Here we go. And I'm sorry if I'm just, like, ranting and raving. I promise, guys, I really did enjoy this season. Like, this season was incredible to me. I had a fantastic time, but it's hard to ignore how much better, honestly, that this season really could have been. You know what I mean? Um, Here we go. Epi season two, episode one, Trigon, half and half, right? It felt very much like first half of season one finishing off. And then the second half of that episode felt like a breath of fresh air. Fantastic start. Episode two, Rose was great. Episode three titled Ghost. That was great. Episode four, Aqualad. That was great. Um, episode five, Deathstroke. That was amazing. Episode six, Connor. Incredible. Um, uh, episode 7 with Bruce Wayne, a great episode. Uh, episode 8, Jericho, amazing. Going to the past, seeing exactly the truth behind what was certainly going on. And then episode 9, Atonement. That's when we get the Blackfire debut. Um, his um, Dick Grayson's journey to forgiveness. I think that's when he might have gotten captured, I believe, um, at the end at the airport sort of thing. Like I think he even goes to Deathstroke's house. That's also the episode where Connor goes crazy again and Gar leaves him. Episode eight is episode nine is really where it starts going downhill. Um, episode 10 fallen. I have Raven fly solo. That's when she's kind of doing her own thing. Uh, Tales of Nightwings. And that's when we start getting Dick Grayson in jail. Like why is he in jail? Um, episode 11, uh, the Elko diner one. Um, I don't think that was a bad episode. I actually probably think I might have enjoyed that one. I thought that might have been a pretty decent one uh, with all the um, all the Titans having to be reassembled in a sense, finding out about the idea of Jericho still being alive. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Fauxhawk episode 12, which was a waste, honestly. Um, and then episode 13 of Nightwing, which had great moments in it. But the execution for a season finale was just not there in the poor death of Donna Troy. So th the season really starts having issues when episode 9 winds up hitting this year. And we start now trying to implement everybody's storyline into the show. Very much like... Almost like the showrunners of the show and the writers had this idea in their head of, you know, hey, man, we've been focusing way too much on Deathstroke. We still got all these storylines that we have to sort of tackle for everybody. Let's just try and see if we can do this the second half and round those out. And by the time that we known it, from just that paragraph from the interview, I counted 10 characters that all have substantial 
um, storylines in here that this season is all trying to balance at one time. So if, if I had any suggestion for season three, guys, listen. One, I'm going to need a new showrunner. Not that Greg Walker's terrible or anything like that, but it, you know he, he clearly has experience in television and things like that, but it, I think they're just too rambunctious. I think they were just looking for too much to really knock this series out of the park when at the end of the day, you had everything right in front of you to begin with, but the addition to so many other characters really just watered down this season, unfortunately. Um and again, you've expanded the season to 13. You're gonna, if you're gonna do 13 episodes or 10 episodes, you cannot have all these characters, or at least you cannot have all these characters that have huge storylines or individual storylines. Start grouping these characters together and have them focus on certain things. But when you're trying to tell a story in 10 to 13 episodes, you gotta keep it tight. You got to keep it tight. Black Lightning is a perfect example of that each and every year. I mean, God, they've got a, a, a pretty decent cast, nowhere near as much as Titans do. But they set it up into such a way that they have limited episodes for them to work with. And they their storyline is so streamlined and on point. Everything seems to get resolved or at least gets not, uh, neatly tied up sort of thing. You just got to know how to tell your story within a certain amount of time to where it doesn't feel rushed and overbearing. And it just feels as though they just lost all sign of that. They lost all track of that, unfortunately. And what really could have been an epic final battle between uh, uh, Deathstroke and our Titans and maybe Mercenaries of Hive just fell to the wayside, unfortunately, where everything has to be rushed, right? Because come the season finale, now we get Deathstroke half an episode or 15 minutes of screen time, right? Where we get to see him finally going back and forth with Dick Grayson and De uh, and Deathstroke and then maybe throwing it in Ravenger in there and you kill him, right? And then we go on to the next finale aspect of things with Cadmus and Gar and Connor fighting the Titans and the terrible death of Donna Troy, not to mention the terrible death of Deathstroke. Like, I'm sorry, if Deathstroke gets stabbed in the chest, he's not dying. Like, he's not dying. So, Disappointing, disappointing in the execution on how the last half of the season was certainly handled. Um, so, yes, um, very disappointed in the last section of the things. Um, and I think I said the storylines that should have been focused on maybe pushed aside for other stories that could have been fleshed out more. Like the the Starfire stuff really didn't amount to anything. Right. She got captured. We learned a little bit about um, uh, Tamarin, right? A past fling that she had, and then the appearance of Blackheart. That's great and all. That's great. But I feel like that even that, honestly, could have been pushed to season three. Um, or just not wasted as much time with her and her storyline, if anything. that like I feel like all the events that happened with Starfire probably, honestly, could have just been a, a, a solo episode that focused solely on her you know what I mean so it's just one of those things where I, I just uh, I, I I wish that they had pulled the trigger a little bit better on that um, let me jump into this live chat and just see what some of you guys are saying because I know Toby's going crazy out here uh, let's see what Toby says uh, some of her thoughts um, Toby says some of the episodes of Titans were good but like episode 12 with Fall Hawk uh, we didn't really need it especially if it was a build-up for Nightwing it's like guys just keep like two storylines. Yeah, just keep two storylines. 
um, uh, she says, especially if it was a buildup for Nightwing, it's like, guys, just keep like two storylines going in one episode so it doesn't feel like it's rushed all the time. The directors and the writers need to come to an agreement somehow to see if they're going to do comic book versions or create something new but believable. I understand the whole Hawk and Dove in season one, but we didn't need that storyline. I have better storylines like Gar and Rachel's relationship or Donna Troy's storyline. Maybe we'll get get that going. Um, in next season, um, how did the Connor storyline, um, how they did the Connor storyline, we need more of those kind of things, the origin, the struggle, the choice. I like the Connor story and it was great. And to that, I will say, right, but Connor did all that in the one episode, right? The origin story, the struggle he had to deal with, the choice he had to make at the end with Eve Watson. That's all done in one episode. And that's all I needed. I didn't need to see Connor Kent again for this entire season until maybe season three when he comes on board or something, right? But no, we got to keep Connor Kent around. We got to put him in Titan's Tower. We got to team him up with Gar. How did that turn out? And now you just added a Cadmus storyline that really kind of destroyed the storyline of uh, the whole Deathstroke uh, concept. Like, I just, it, it, it all of a sudden became two major plot storylines where you maybe could have just used one storyline and then sub-stories after that. But it just felt like there was just too much. You also go on to say, I did like Jason Todd and Rose's story, but I hope Jason Todd grows up and eventually goes back to the Titans because he's supposed to be the leader of the new Titans, and I hope that happens. I love the guard character, but he was basically good for being captured all the time. And I thought Cadmus was going to make him transform into other animals, but they did nothing with it except his tiger form. His name is Beast Boy, not Tiger Boy. Just, ugh, I was so frustrated with them about that. Overall, it would have been a great finale uh, if they had made it more epic and more believable because everything was rushed and it didn't make sense. Like, we know that Deathstroke's still alive, but they cut uh, that scene out. Like, why? Yeah, again, why? Uh, Zachary says, hey, ready to talk Titans. <laughs> um, but uh, Toby says, when you have a season finale, you go out with a bang. So the audience can say, wow, that was epic. But all we got was Matt. It was okay. It's like it's, it's really that's it. So, yeah, um, overall, though, Zachary says overall season was better than the previous. Got more character development at points. Action was great. Cliffhangers made sense to the story. Got me excited for next season. And, I, and I'm in agreement with you. I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, I, I honestly did think that all those things that you mentioned, I thought they did fantastic jobs with them. Great character development for a lot of these characters, to be quite honest with you. For a new character that they introduced, like a Jericho, like a Connor, I honestly got invested, even in the Bruce Wayne character totally got invested action was great for sure um some of the cliffhangers definitely for this season were certainly on point to move the story along i completely in agreement with you zachary but i will say that again the second half of this season does start to falter and you can really start seeing just the effects of what happens when you have so many characters and so many stories that you're trying to balance that at the end of the day, when you do get to your finale, like Toby says, you want to go out with a bang, but it's hard to go out with a bang when you're feeling like you're rushing to kind of tell everybody's storyline um, when you've got so many characters, right? Because a lot of that took away from, if you ask me, the Nightwing character when it comes to his suit specifically, right? Like we spent all this time of him being in prison, um, dealing with his idea of accepting his failures and what he did wrong or what he felt he did wrong and the introduction to the Nightwing like I would have wanted more thought like if you're going to be in prison for two days or however long he was in there 
I, I want to see that thought process of him eventually becoming the Nightwing character. But I feel like because of the fact that we got all these other storylines and stuff, they decided to just not explore the idea of him maybe even putting together his own suit. Instead, it's Bruce Wayne called up the suit maker. Hey, make this for him. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. What? No, I, I don't feel like that's embracing who you are as a character. And I think that faltered because of the fact that we had so many other aspects of the show that we had to deal with. And it was felt very much like, uh, hey, we don't have enough time for that. And so, yeah, a little bit of disappointment there. Um, Toby says, I hope they blow us out of the water next season. Uh, I hope so. He says, I thought that season one of the origins of the character while season two established of the characters and how they deal with situations. Definitely. I feel like that's definitely how it's um, it's played itself out. The only thing I did like about season one was Dick crying and whining like a little girl. <laughs> it's like Bruce did this to me. That was annoying as shit. I'm glad that, uh, that season two evolved his character a whole lot. No more crying and feeling sorry for ourselves. Um, <clears throat> uh, semi ayo what's up ayo good to see you in here as always he says i love how rose called the titans her family but had no interaction with any of them besides jason and maybe rachel yeah yeah i, I again it's uh I just listen. I just listen. It's one of those like as a comic book fan, right? I loved the Judas Contract. I truly did love the Judas Contract storyline, and you know, going into here, I, we called it from the very beginning. Like, if you look at some of our titles from like the very first one or two episodes, we're like Judas Contract question question mark sort of thing, especially with Rose kind of popping her head in. That's something that we talked about, right? It's like, is she going to end up being sort of the traitor, the the terror of this show, and? I feel like this whole entire season could have just been a Judas contract storyline. And um, because then you get the opportunity to take a character like Ravenger or Rose and really further, really fully establish herself as a character, as a part of a family. And then when she becomes traitorous, then it have a little bit more impact. And it's, just, it's honestly a little bit surprising. Like, can I, if I could be honest with you guys, it's a little surprising that... The, the directors and the writers of this show let this happen. I mean, damn, we've got Akiva Goldsman attached to this. We've got Greg Berlanti, who's got a whole freaking universe of superheroes over on CW that he's produced for, along their lore, page by page sort of thing. So it's just hard for me to imagine that we've got all this talent in this room, and these guys allow this show to kind of go in the direction that it did with the second half of this season. Again, listen... I know I'm crapping on it, but it's 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 one of those things where, as a fan, I know what the, I I have a feeling of what this show is capable of doing, and is capable of being, and it sucks when you have such a great season in season two that kind of falters a little bit because you shoot yourself in the foot by giving yourself way too much to work with. It, it's almost as though. Like they heard some of the gripes of season one and they took a lot of it to heart and just put too much out there. Because honestly, if this was a whole entire Judas Judas contract season and we'd had these 13 episodes to really focus on 
character development and storylines, introduction to Connor Kent, um, uh, and again, subplot sort of thing, right? I mean, heck, you can have them all leave. Just group them up together properly, right? Have Gar with Rachel. Don't leave. Don't leave. Gar with Connor have them because we've established their relationship already from season one how fond they were of each other and how we barely even got the opportunity to see them interact in here so a lot of great stuff happened this season and I, like I said I know I'm crapping on certain aspects of things but it's just because I'm passionate guys about these characters because I love the Titans but overall season two is a huge improvement from season one for sure if anybody said adam should i watch season two of titans hell yeah you should watch season two of titans they got some great storytelling in there for sure but but i would leave an asterisk saying listen just so you know the second half of the season it does get a little bit rough just letting you know but overall i'm still impressed with the season because they did some great things with a lot of these characters so just because i'm i'm airing my complaints and my cons for this season please understand that there's a there's certainly a lot more out of this season i certainly took away for sure <laughs> Zachary says, I didn't catch on to Jericho signing that he was in Deathstroke. Once I saw Jericho was alive, then I put it together. I wish the dude would have his own body. That's one thing I'm kind of curious as to what's going to happen for season two. Like, is Rose and Jericho just going to share that body now? Are they just going to go back and forth from personality to personality? Um, I, I'll be interested to kind of see how that uh, happens for next season. Like, are we going to try and reincarnate his body? Uh, take him from the dead and take Take him to Ra's al Ghul's pit or something like that and bring him back. Who knows? I, I have no idea, but um, we'll see what happens. Miss Hassan's in the house as always. Uh, Zachary says, what storylines could have been left out? Um, again, I honestly could have been left out with the Starfire stuff because it didn't really amount to anything But the but with, besides the appearance of... Um, Besides the appearance of Blackheart, right? Like, I feel like all that stuff could have been encapsulated in, like, one episode or something like that. Um, uh, maybe, the, maybe the Starfire stuff I would have, I might have left in there. Because I feel like it didn't take away too much. But the fact that she's going off and branching off on her own and then coming back to the Titans and then branching off and then coming back to the Titans... I feel like it could have just been executed differently. So maybe keep the Starfire storyline in there, but executed differently. Connor Kent, keep the episode in there, but anything else of Connor Kent should have been left out. Cadmus, um, it would have been nice to have been introduced in there, but again, left for season three. I really would have had preferred Cadmus and Connor Kent to be more of a focus on season three. Um, and then maybe even the Blackfire and... Um, uh, Blackfire and Starfire stuff, honestly. I really would have held off on that. Um, because if you leave the Connor Kent, if you leave the Connor stuff out, Gar is completely open to being alongside Rachel for a lot of her adventures and really helping those two characters grow. So I would have liked to have seen that. And the Hawk and Dove stuff, I honestly could have done without the whole breakup, the whole leaving and becoming, you know, becoming a drug addict once again. Because then he's just like, because then he just pops up in the, the season finale to help out a little bit. And it's like, what did he what did he help with himself, right? The idea of like, hey, we're not going to be together 
personally, but Hawk and Dove, maybe we can still fight crime together. What do you say, babe? Like, get the get the F out of here, bro. Like, no, no. Sorry, Hank. Nobody wants you around anymore, man. No, I'm just kidding. But just little things like that, right? So Connor Kent's storyline, besides his episode, could have been taken out. Cadmus could have been taken out. Hawk and Dove could have been taken out. And really use that that rest of that time to focus truly on uh, the characters that you've already established um, with Jericho, with Ravenger, with Deathstroke. Because um, honestly, I, I wanted more Issei Morales. I, I really did. I mean, he was so stellar. He, him and the chemistry between um, uh, Issei and Brenton as a Slade and Dick Grayson was incredible. Um, just the just the per, the personal aspect of their feud. Um, just, push me through this entire season to be honest with you um so yeah if i had to pick my storylines those are the storylines that i would have left out for this season um semi ao says uh i also love how they made gar kill all these people this whole season but when he was rescued by rachel and the crowd was cheering he was smiling and waving his hand like huh <laughs> Uh, and he says, they've been extending and pushing back this Nightwing storyline so much that when he finally arrived, uh, revealed himself, uh, it lost its touch. Um, that battle was not it. Uh, I watch other shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Arrow, and their fight scenes are very well choreographed. But this one was not it. And only Rose and Nightwing fought. Uh, Starfire was injured. Okay. Rachel was healing her. All right. But Donna and Dawn, where were you? Okay. So a couple of things. Um, I'm glad you bring a lot of these up, Ao. So let me tackle some of these things. Uh, love your point about Gar. Truly do. Um, the, the, the Nightwing storyline, I didn't have a problem with. Um, if I did have one problem with it, it's the fact that, again, like I mentioned, the suit. Um, I wanted there to be more of a personal aspect and a connection between Dick Grayson, his suit of his choice, and why he picked up the Nightwing character. Um, that, unfortunately, I did not get the opportunity to see. But for me, when he makes his appearance, it, it for me, it didn't, at least, and again, this is just for me, it didn't um, dwindle my excitement for it at all. But I felt like while the journey's been great getting there, I feel like one of the monumental moments of making that connection between Dick Grayson and Nightwing wasn't there and it was glossed over so that hindered it a little bit for me but I didn't feel like it lost its touch for the most part um I still certainly enjoyed it and the battle look, look the battle I think again suffers from the idea of we've got too many storylines in here right because look if we don't have if we don't have Connor Kent's story continuing and we take Gar to go hang out with Rachel and those two continue to establish their relationship that they did from season 1 then Cadmus doesn't get brought into here right and we don't have that second half of the season finale that's the whole entire carnival fight scene that really could have been stretched out to a much more well choreographed fight that you were looking for in in uh Nightwing versus um Versus, uh, what do you call it? Nightwing versus Def Deathstroke. And who knows? A at that point in time, it could have been an instance where, like, you know, maybe it was Ravenger that has to fight the rest of the Titans, right? Like, if we truly developed her to be this traitor among our Titans, heck, I would have minded to have seen Ravenger face off against the Titans, right? 
um, instead of bringing her kind of into the fold. I mean, look, they've taken liberties to tell these stories however they want to tell them. So I would have been great to have seen Ravenger face off against some of the Titans and Nightwing have to handle Deathstroke himself. It's not necessarily I or who knows, right? They could have been uh, Hive members. I would have been okay with the our Titans just taking care of some of the Hive members, and then we wind up getting. Um, Ravenger and Deathstroke, uh, Ravenger and Nightwing against Deathstroke. I just feel like there's some multiple ways that they certainly could have improved upon this season. Uh, granted, I'm no writer whatsoever, you know, so I don't know what would have been better. I I'm just saying it just felt very much like uh, for for writers who know these characters so well, to allow something like that to happen, just it, it feels weird to me. It feels weird to me. And I and, and your last comment about Starfire was injured and Rachel was there to like heal her. Okay, why didn't you just go ahead and, and bring Donna back to life? Like I didn't see you put any hands on her. Like I know that you are going with Donna, but why couldn't you just do that right there? Uh, Zachary says, that's a great point, Semi. I thought, uh, at, I, I laughed at the female Titans just tending to Corey. Dick could have used help or they should have gone to stop Connor um, and Gar at the end of the day. Uh, Ao says, I was okay with Gar getting captured by Lex Luthor's company because I assumed that they were going to develop his powers and make him change into other animals, but they did not. It's, so it's a complete waste of time. Right. So like the execution just wasn't there. You 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 implemented a storyline that really had no lasting effects so it's like why have it in the story zachary says i didn't dig that semi poor gar was made a joke young justice gar is way better um we need to follow up on roy harper in season three yes so going into season three if i had to uh, I, I would like to see roy harper pop up for sure um we could always use another archer on this team for sure i, I would be completely okay with that so uh give me that um I honestly, and this might, I don't know how some people would feel about this. I'm okay if Hawk and Dove don't come back for next season. Um, I feel like they've established themselves maybe just working as sort of like a duo. So I honestly would be okay if they did not come back and just went on and fought crime in their own area. Because now going into next season, we'll have... Nightwing, well, Gar and Don, well, Donna and Rachel have left, so that's probably why Hawk and Dove have stayed around, because Donna's dead, Rachel's gone, so I can see a, a Donna storyline coming to fruition. Um, I feel like there's a Donna, I feel like there's a storyline somewhere in Titans lore where Donna, something happens to Donna, does she, I don't know if it's a thing of amnesia, maybe she loses her memory, or she goes through some sort of significant changes. Maybe it's at the Troya character. Um, so maybe Donna gets a little bit of an upgrade herself as well come next season. Uh, and we get a little bit more focus on her along with the addition of uh, along with the addition of Rachel to certainly help them out. So next year we would have Donna and Rachel together. So that's fine. Uh, we've got Dick Grayson who's finally Nightwing now. Uh, we've got Gar, who I'm hoping freaking Dick Grayson is going to be taken really good care of. I do hope that Jason Todd comes back. So that's five characters. I hope Jason Todd comes back. Uh, and if anything, Ravenger will probably be in there, um, I would assume, as part of the team. 
And that's pretty much who I would have like as my t core team members. But Zachary does ask a question like, uh, who would you replace with Honk and Dove? Uh, maybe a Roy Harper. Uh, maybe just with one character. Give me a Roy Harper. Um, I would say introduce a Flash, but maybe that might be getting a little bit too much right now. Because um, <clears throat> I don't want it to become an issue of, oh, and Connor Kent, right? So that's six. So again, um, there's a lot of characters. So I, I almost say take off Hawk and Dove. And if you're going to go ahead and replace anybody, let it be Royal Harper. But that's it as far as big pivotal storylines. Because we still do have Connor Kent that's there uh, at some point in time. Who knows what's going to happen with um, Jericho? Is he going to get a body? Is he going to join the team? You know what I mean? So I would definitely say if you're going to replace Hawk and Dove, give me Roy Harper. But I don't feel the need of having Hawk and Dove sticking around anymore right like nobody else besides dick grayson really has an emotional attachment to those two characters they haven't really become fond of one another right like if starfire was taken off the show that would feel odd because of rachel's connection with her um so uh and toby says i mean i never understood why people was all for hank and dawn listen i'm i'm all about dawn man i i minka kelly is just as fine as they come man i i i would love to be her sidekick any day of the week, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but Hawk and Dove was always an interesting choice for them to add to the Titans when they announced it in season one. It didn't make any sense to me then, uh, and seeing how they've kind of been utilized um, this season, it doesn't seem as though it makes sense for them still. So uh, I really would like to kind of see them depart, if anything, maybe keep Minka Kelly around just for my eyes sake. But I feel like storyline-wise, I don't know where you go with those two right like those were the original titans we now have ourselves a team of new titans and i think that's the route that they should certainly go so if i had to put together my new team of titans for next year uh dick grayson gar connor a returning donna rachel and starfire so six and then if you want to include um and if you want to include roy harper in there as a side character I'm perfectly okay with that. And that's it. That's it. That's all I need. That's all I need. But I have a feeling we're going to get what? Jason Todd pop, might pop back up. Ravenger might be there. Jericho might be there. There's a lot of people. So it'll be interesting to see who sticks around, how they handle all this stuff. Again, I just feel like a lot of these characters you could have introduced in Season 3, man. You you really could have just introduced in Season 3 uh, and kept this storyline. Because now I feel like that's just... I don't want to say they've wrote themselves into a corner but now you already have a ton of characters that you have to focus on again for this upcoming season and i'm pretty sure we're going to get new casting announcements of new people that are certainly going to be joining so we'll see uh, i will say this season three is actually confirmed so we will be getting to season three they did talk about the uh, idea that um, it's going to be dropping in fall 2020 but they haven't announced if it's going to be showing anywhere else besides DC Universe. Um, as of right now, we're assuming that it's going to still be exclusive to DC Universe. But the way that a lot of these DC Universe shows are going, with Doom Patrol being on DCU along with HBO Max, and now we've got Stargirl, which was supposed to be ex exclusive to DCU, is now going to be also showing on uh, CW potentially as part of Arrowverse. I don't want to confirm anything because nobody's come out and said, yes, that's the case. But also the fact that um, 
that makes me wonder what's going to happen with Titans going forward. Is it going to be something that airs on DCEU, but is also now moved to something else like an HBO Max or uh, an Arrowverse in a sense? Um, Because, again, I do think that at the end of the day, um, there's another reason why I keep pushing Crisis on Infinite Earths for everybody, that I do think that it is going to change the status quo of a lot of our shows going forward. I, you know, I just recently read a report uh, from Mark Guggenheim, who sat down and did an interview, the executive producer over at CW and, and the Arrowverse in general. And he said specifically that the aftermath of Crisis is certainly going to have a huge impact on the show, that he went to all the writers and the directors, like the showrunners of those shows, and let them know, like, hey, if there's any storylines that you want to wrap up before we get into Crisis, please do so. And if if there's any changes to the status quo of your show, like if there's any major changes that you want to have in part with your show, this is the time to do it, right? So yes, you might like, yes, some of the writers may be satisfied with some of the characters and some of the storylines they have going, but crisis is going to affect every show. So when Mark Guggenheim tells them, hey, this is your opportunity that if you want to vastly change your show, whether it be characters, storylines, if you want to change the status quo of your show, this is the opportunity to do so, guys. And so a part of me is kind of curious as to what that's going to mean, not only for Arrowverse, but also what it's going to mean for shows that are on the DCU, right? How is that going to change Doom Patrol? How is that going to change Stargirl? Is something like that, like Crisis, is that going to affect Titans when we go into Season 3? Um, so with all that said, I, I, I hope so. And I hope there's some really big changes going forward. If I had, if anything, when it comes to season three, I do want a different showrunner. I really do. Um, I want somebody that understands the importance of being able to tell the story that you need to tell in 13 episodes and not being overwhelmed for fan service to make a season better. You know, you tell me the fact that you tell me Deathstroke is going to be in this season. I was sold when you said Deathstroke, man. I was sold when you said Ravager and when you said Jericho. I was sold. And then you said Bruce Wayne. I'm like, okay. And then you said, um, and then you said Connor Kent, Superboy. I said, oh, okay. All right. Mercy Graves. Oh, damn, that's a that's a lot of people. God. That's a lot of people this season. And heaven knows who else they wind up freaking introducing this season that I forget to mention. But it's like, wow, wait a minute, guys. Let's slow down. So give me a, a showrunner that knows how to formulate a plan and formulate proper storylines. Uh, last minute pop in here for Shadow Nova Productions, as always, certainly coming through. Thank you very much, Shadow Nova. Uh, Zachary says, hey, Toby, I got Roy Harper coming for sure. Um, I hope Jericho gets his own body. I don't want him sharing his sisters. Yeah, that might be a little bit awkward. Um, and then Toby says, um, uh, having Roy Harper there might be a uh, pinnacle to, uh, down a storyline. Um, that's a good point. Cause they did. That's who actually referenced Roy Harper, if I'm not mistaken, is in fact, Donna. So that definitely could in fact be, uh, one of the, uh, one of the ways that maybe he comes on board. Listen, I know Roy Harper has had his struggles with some sort of drug addiction also. So maybe uh, maybe his connection winds up becoming through Hawk and uh, Hawk and Dove. Who knows? Uh, 
Uh, Toby says season two had some good episodes like Connor and Rose's story was good. Uh, and yeah, y'all better lay off Ian Glenn as Bruce Wayne. That's a good Bruce. I like him. Yeah, no, we I definitely support him as Bruce Wayne for sure. Uh, Zachary says, will you and Indy do a full preview for Crisis on Hero Report tomorrow? Yes. So we're going to be doing when it comes to Crisis. Yes, we are going to be doing. Um. Uh, a preview um, at the end of A Plus Hero Report, and then later on that night, Indy and I will in fact be collaborating to do reviews for all the parts of Crisis on Infinite Earths. So Sunday night, there's going to be a review with me and Indy talking about Supergirl. Tuesday night, another ep ep episode review between Indy and I for Batwoman, and then Thursday, excuse me, Tuesday will be us collaborating for a review for The Flash. Um, so yeah, a lot of Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff coming for you guys and us doing a little bit of our own crossover event for Crisis. So I'm looking really forward to it, guys. Um, but overall, guys, listen. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this um, Season 2 review of Titans. Again, quick shout out to all the great moments for this season, because, yes, I know that as fans, we can be very passionate and focus a lot on sometimes on the things that we wish that they might have done better, that might have executed the season a little bit better. There's nothing, certainly nothing wrong with that, uh, especially as a fan is very passionate. You have every right to certainly express your opinion. But I'm not going to crap on this show because, to be quite honest with you, season two, in my eyes, was amazing um, in regards to what it came from in regards to season one. Um, at the end of the day, though, while they had some great storylines, some great character growth all season long, um, the execution towards the last half of this season, unfortunately, was a little bit lackluster. And I hope that um, going forward, the showrunners and the writers will understand to handle uh, a certain number of characters a little bit better and maybe tighten up the <laughs> see what I did there tighten up <laughs> tighten up the um, storytelling a little bit more so you can have a proper story to tell within the 10 to 13 episodes that we wind up getting so we'll see what happens guys um, overall I'm pleased if I had to recommend it to anybody check it out for yourself please check it out you won't be disappointed if you check out season two you might be disappointed at the end you might be disappointed at the end but for the most part um i uh for the most part i was really really impressed guys so i will definitely be back for season three uh toby i, I talked about that at the very top of um he says she says what do you think about ian glenn as bruce wayne yeah we talked about that already at the top of the um the the episode about some of the great points about this season which was Issei Morales and Ian Glenn both as Bruce Wayne so uh, I was floored by his performance I thought he did a fantastic job uh, it took me a minute to coming around to believing him as a Batman but um, after I saw some of his performances later on in the season yeah I'm fully sold on on Ian Glenn as Bruce Wayne or Batman any day of the week so count me in for sure um, but other than that guys that will certainly do it listen we will, in fact, be back next season for more Titans reviews for you guys. So certainly do not worry about that. Stay certainly subscribed to A-plus Opinions all year long. Um, because, listen, if you're looking for your fix for Titans or even DC news when it comes to movies or television or even Marvel stuff, we have a weekly show called A-plus Hero Report that airs every Sunday at 11 o'clock Central Time that we get to keep you guys updated on any brand new revelations 
transitions from Titans or any other television shows. And of course, if we get monumental announcements that we want to focus on, we'll clearly do just Titan-centric episode breakdowns and news updates and things like that for you guys as well. So fear not that Titan Season 2 is over. We will be back and keeping you guys up to date all year long until Titan Season 3 certainly goes ahead and drops. So if you haven't subscribed to us yet, what are you waiting for? A plus squad, hit that subscribe button, guys, and also click that bell notification. So when we drop a brand new video, you guys will certainly be notified. And of course, if you want to go ahead and check us out on and follow us on social media, you can do so right here, guys, at A plus opinions uh, on Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitter. So until next time, guys, now that we finally have our Titans team finally together, I'm super excited for season three and really excited to kind of see where they take us. So till next time, guys, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you later. Keep it A plus, guys. Have a good one. Bye.